Instead of syncing your phone with iTunes, downloading an MP3 into your mobile device, you can stream episodes of MTR with the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Stitcher allows you to listen to My Take Radio via your 4G, 3G, or Wi-Fi connections. Downloading it is quick and easy. Head over to stitcher.com forward slash my take and you'll even be eligible to win some money. Enter my take all one word in the promo box and you'll be eligible to win $100 courtesy of my take radio and Stitcher. MTR Live starts right now. Yes! 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 What's up, guys? My Take Radio episode 141 for Thursday, May 31st, 2012. The intro music you just heard was Daniel Bryan's intro music, which you can pick up on iTunes. Just look for uh, Daniel Bryan or WWE Daniel Bryan, and you'll be able to pick it up for, I believe, 99 cents. Call the number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call in number 347-324-3541. Our feedback line is 347-815-0687. That's 347-815-0MTR. As always, My Take Radio is a member of the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, which allow us to continue to spread our message to other internet broadcasting professionals. If you want any info regarding that, make sure to hit up IAIB.com, and you'll be able to find the logo for that on MyTakeRadio.com as well. We've been a member of the IAIB for a while, and um, we're actually going to be working with them at Blog World next week, so you're going to be seeing a lot of that logo all over MTR for a lot of other reasons. Um, Most importantly, besides being a member and getting all the benefits from being a member of the IAIB, the best part is that I'll get to work with other broadcasters and try out some new gear, new technology, all that stuff, so be on the lookout for that stuff in the coming weeks. Uh, Some other housekeeping stuff I wanted to get out of the way. You're going to be noticing some live reads during the show. We got a couple of advertisers on the site, and I'm going to actually bring that advertising onto the live portions of the show, Uh, usually live reads right before every segment. That way you guys will know that that stuff is coming. I don't want to get an email a week from now bitching, oh, you know, you're starting to put ads in the show, blah, blah, blah. That's just something that's going to be the norm going forward. We also got a couple of different outlets that we're working with that we're going to start uh they're going to start advertising with us one of which we're going to try and work with is going to be rob's cookies um for those of you that don't know dark helmet has a business venture called rob's cookies uh great cookies made with natural ingredients uh baked to order and drop ship to any location so we're going to be working with uh dark helmet in the near future once we help him get a nice plan together 
we'll be able to do some stuff with Rob's cookies as well. So be on the lookout for that. Um, DH, one thing I got to say, and this isn't even just relating to him, but um, the best part is that anything that we're going to promote on air is something that we stand behind 100%. Don't think that if somebody's paying, it's because we're going to promote it. That's not how it works. Whatever I promote, I either use, support, or endorse 100%. That's how it's going to be. So don't think that we're doing it to get a paycheck. We're doing it because we believe in whatever we advertise. Um, Dark Helmet, or in this case, Rob's Cookies, I've I've purchased stuff from him. His stuff is always great, gets here on time, and it, like I said, it's baked to order. So you'll be seeing some stuff regarding that in the near future. In some other news that I'm very proud about, as you know, MTR is on Stitcher, much like you heard, of course, at the start of the show. We actually made it into the Stitcher hot list this week for biggest improvement in shows. Uh, we were we ranked number 35, and basically that particular honor is bestowed upon us because there was a huge amount of downloads for the show for that particular week, which put us on that list. Of course, I like number 35. It's nice, whatever. but you know, the number number 35 doesn't go home and fuck the prom queen. Got to get up there. Top five or better. So if you're using Stitcher and you're getting MTR that way, please make sure to continue using that outlet. Same thing with iTunes. Take five seconds. Give us a rating. Write a review. Helps us move up the rankings. Gets us more exposure. More exposure means cooler shit. Cooler shit means better shows. Better shows mean more entertainment for you guys. Simple as that. So... Very happy to be part of that particular club with a lot of other shows on the Stitcher network. Not only that, but we made the What's Hot column on the front page of the Stitcher app a couple of weeks back. We got to share it with uh, President Obama. I think I did mention it in passing, but it's something that's been popping up a lot more lately. So once again, please continue to support us that going that route because Stitcher is going to be a huge part of MTR in the future, especially after next week. Uh, speaking of next week, a quick reminder, my take radio will not be live next week. I will be at blog world, uh, June 5th through the 7th. I'll be posting pictures and hopefully some video blogs and stuff from blog world meeting with a bunch of different broadcasters, bloggers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We may do some tape shows. I'm not a hundred percent guaranteeing that, but a couple of people said, Oh, you should do some tape stuff and put it up there. So we'll see how it goes depending on how I get home and, how fucked up I feel. We shall try and grind out some live show, uh, some pre-tape shows. Also, we added a new MTR behind the mic this week with Stephanie Daniels, AKA Crooklyn from tap out radio. As of right now, it's exclusive to MTR app owners. So if you have the MTR app on your iOS or Android device, uh, you'll be able to get access to that interview in 96 K stereo. I had such a, awesome time talking to her um not only because i can relate to her because she's from new york but we talked a lot about mma real unfiltered raw and she's just an awesome personality make sure to check out tap out radio um all the links are in the interview notes it'll be available for public consumption this saturday so if you're interested in catching that interview and you don't have the app the exclusivity will end probably this saturday and it'll be posted on the site, released on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you'll be able to catch it in 96K Stereo. Make sure to check out, like I said, Tap Out Radio, Crooklyn's Corner, 
and also the MMA Fantasy League Counter Move, which is uh, actually similar to most fantasy games, except you get to pick a stable of fighters depending on how they perform in an event. If you if you place some money on those fighters, you'll be you'll be eligible to win some dough as well. And that's from Counter Move. It's Counter Move with a K dot com. The link for that is also in Crooklyn's interview, and you can check that out as well. I'm actually hopefully going to be messing around with the counter move stuff this week for the Ultimate Fighter finale, and I believe Ben is also going to be checking it out as well. Uh, there's a there's a ton of new content coming out this weekend, courtesy of Slick. A lot of you have been asking what's going on with him. You haven't seen any stuff from him. Slick is, like most of us, dealing with a lot of shit um, off air, but he has been working hard to bring you guys a ton of content, so you're going to get an overabundance of slick in the coming days. So be on the lookout for all that content dropping this weekend. Uh, Tonight's topics, we're going to talk a little bit about UFC 146, WWE Raw. We got some suspensions we got to talk about on the wrestling side of things. We're going to talk about TNA Impact because they actually went live this week. We got some pre-E3 news that have come out. What the fuck movie news. And of course, uh, Spidey's involvement with the Avengers. We're going to talk about that. But before I get into anything else, I wanted to talk about something. I guess you can call this the opening monologue for this week. Um, it was an article, well, an editorial I posted uh, regarding gaming journalism. I posted it on N4G. Why? Because I really don't give a fuck. And on Twitter and a couple of other places. And I've gotten mixed reactions based on that uh, particular editorial. Some people felt that I was extremely angry in the editorial. And I had to correct a few people and let them know that if they've never listened to the show and aren't familiar with it, the secret to the show is that I'm angry all the time. Simple as that. But the other thing I wanted to talk about was just the inspiration for the monologue. All of it basically came from the fact that journalism um, or people that call themselves journalists, whether it's MMA, wrestling, video games, movies, it's um, most often people like to help their peers that are on the come up. Um, I see that Ames bell is in the, uh, in the chat and you know, she, she's a young lady who I know who got her start on a couple of different shows. And right now she does her thing and she's grown into probably one of the best female voices in, in MMA radio second to, uh, Crooklyn, of course, that she's honest, legit. And to the point And the best part is that if you ask her a question about help with something regarding MMA or even Crooklyn, they're always ready to share information with you. And something I've noticed with the gaming industry, especially those that call themselves journalists, um, I'm going to be 100% honest and tell you, just because you build a WordPress site and you copy and paste press releases, you are not a fucking journalist. Take the rubber dick out of your ass. You're not a journalist. I'm sorry. You are a person that is a master at copy and paste. Simple as that. The fact remains that a journalist is somebody that goes searching for news, breaks news, is a a voice in their industry, is somebody that has credibility and clout and is known to a degree. It's not somebody that copy and paste or goes onto another site and copy and paste their stuff. That's not a journalist. And the worst part is that we saw... Especially, like I said, in the gaming industry, I saw a lot of people just shit on guys that are on the come up that deliver great content 
and it really stirred something in me, which led to the editorial. Of course, I cited Hip Hop Gamer as the prime example. Um, Hip Hop has been on the show before. One of the probably the most passionate guys I've met in the gaming journalism industry, and he is a journalist, regardless of his approach, whether it's the theatrics or the over the top, you know, hood delivery. The fact of the matter is, he breaks news. The guy brings something different to the table. Sure, it's not what you'd expect. It's not on the level of GameStop or G4, but you know what? That cookie cutter shit doesn't cut it anymore. Um, the fact is. You have to deliver engaging, unique content. And that's what people that are, are on the come up are doing. And I'd rather listen to, you know, independent shows like, you know, Tap Out Radio or um, another, another great example would be VGN or our buddies at Born Stubborn Radio or Digital Noob. I can go down a list of people that deliver great stuff. Totally original. Simple as that. So that was pretty much the inspiration for the for this week's editorial. And, you know, I figured I'd share with you guys a little bit of the rationale behind it. All right. Let's not beat around the bush. Let's jump into some MMA. MMA this week is brought to you by MMA Warehouse. Get all your favorite MMA gear, including fighter shirts, uh, gloves, uh, rash guards, the works at MMAWarehouse.com. Let's talk some MMA because there is a lot to discuss, and this will probably be the last time that we play the tough theme for the foreseeable future. Let's get it popping. So the first thing I want to talk about is UFC 146, just because there were a lot of crazy things that happened during that event. And like, I'm not, I'm not going to beat it up completely because obviously everybody knows what went down, but I want to talk about a couple of fights. I want to kind of share my thoughts on them in particular. I want to start off with uh, Dan Hardy, Dwayne Ludwig. Um, I like, I like, uh, Dwayne Ludwig, guy goes in there, gives it 100%, likes to scrap. Dan Hardy's been on, a, on an incredible slide as of late. And pretty much a lot of people felt that this fight was the chopping block fight. Uh, I think Dan Hardy is super exciting to watch. The guy, he brings in the UK fans, and a lot of people get behind him. Super approachable. He's a nice guy. He actually did an interview not too long ago with Spill Bag of Ice, and it made me a bigger fan of his. Um he came in there and solidified himself as a force in the welterweight division again, even though, you know, he's had uh, pretty much a, a very fast rise and a very fast fall. He came in there, solidified himself back in the welterweight division with a beautiful knockout, three minutes and 51 seconds. Um, he ended up catching uh, Dwayne with a left hook. Dwayne went down, and pretty much after that, it was academic. Very happy for Dan Hardy. I didn't want to see him go. Um like I said, he's one of those guys. He's just a fan favorite. Ever since he came on the scene, I was like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. And the special that they did with him and GSP kind of made me even more of a fan. Him, you know, him training in the Shaolin Temple. And like I said, just being approachable on Twitter and social media, it, it just he's, he's a great ambassador for the sport, brings in the UK audience. So I'm glad he's going to stick around. The other fight I want to talk about is Jason Miller, CB Dalloway. I like mayhem. 
Make no mistakes about it. He's a fucking lunatic. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like him so much. He goes in there and you don't know what you're going to get with Mayhem. But we also have to take into consideration that he hasn't exactly fared well in the UFC. Um, His performance against Bisping was probably one of the worst performances I've seen in a long time. But like anything else, everybody has a bad day. That didn't stop me from being a fan. Unlike a lot of fickle fans, I didn't shit on the dude. Fact still remains that Mayhem is entertaining. The only thing is that Dana White doesn't like him, and he doesn't fit into the, um, I don't want to say the cookie-cutter UFC atmosphere, but he's just not the kind of dude that you can stifle. Anyway, guy comes in. He had a little bit of a he had a little bit of fun at the weigh-ins wearing, you know, fancy underwear, being silly, and he pretty he said that he would quit fighting if he lost to CB Dalloway. Obviously, make of that what you will, but unfortunately he did lose to CB Dalloway via unanimous decision, and that led to something else, which I'll discuss later on in the segment. But Dalloway, a lot of people were shitting on Mayhem, saying that, you know, he didn't fight the fight that he that he needed to to win. But the fact was, C.B. Dalloway used his wrestling, took down Mayhem Miller at will, smothered him, and used that to win. Now, of course, people that, that are hardcore Mayhem fans are like, oh, C.B. Dalloway laid on him. The fact is that people go into the cage to win. They don't go in there always for the spectacular KO, even though it's nice and it's highlight reel worthy and it will get you a bonus. People go in there to win. So if he's got to lay on the fucking guy and hit him with elbows and make his life a living hell, so be it. Props to C.B. Dalloway Dollo- C. On, de- on the decision victory, but I'm saddened as a Miller fan to see him lose. On the lightweight side of things, Barboza, Jamie Varner, all I got to say is holy shit. Murder, death, kill, TKO by Jamie Varner coming back into the UFC. Huge exclamation point for him. Barboza's no slouch. And he got put to sleep. It was beautiful. Varner uh, came back, made a statement, and it's it's a nice it's a nice welcome back for him. I was very very shocked, not because of the way that the fight went down, but that he caught Barboza so quick and it was so vicious. You know, when the, when the guy keeled over, I was like, holy shit! And you know, Varner landed a couple unprotected shots, and some people are like, oh, it was a huge upset, blah blah blah. Jamie Varner isn't a shitty fighter. Like anything else, the guy's had his ups and his downs. Sometimes he fares, you know, he fared better than other times, but he's not a tomato can. He's not a shit fighter. So I expected him to come in there and fight his ass off to stay in the UFC, and he did. Simple as that. Anybody that expected anything less, you guys just haven't been watching MMA long enough, or the UFC has brainwashed you completely. Stefan Struve, LeVar Johnson, very impressed with, uh, Struve using his long-ass limbs to secure an armbar victory on Johnson. Nice work. Uh, Stipe Miocic, impressed with him too. Shane Del Rosario got put to sleep. Um, It was ridiculous. Beautiful elbow strikes, which I hate when people say that elbow strikes shouldn't be used in MMA because they don't do anything. And, And I'm looking at the manager of Bigfoot Silva, who said that recently. Um... Stipe landed beautiful elbows, beautiful. It was vicious, to the point, and with impact. Anybody that says that elbows in MMA is stupid, you're out of your fucking mind. Simple as that. Roy Nelson, my boy, came in there, murder, death, kill, knockout, 51 seconds in round one, put Dave Herman to sleep. It was academic. Now, of course, 
the Battle of the Easter Island Heads, Cain Velasquez and Antonio Bigfoot Silva. Because I'm sorry, Cain Velasquez has a big-ass square head. And I like Cain. Cain is a, is a cool dude, very humble. But, you know, he's got, he's got an Easter Island head, too. Not on, the, not on the same level as Bigfoot, but definitely a little, a little lack of evolution in terms of his cranium. Anyway, Cain Velasquez came in, used beautiful, beautiful counter-punching on Antonio Silva, secured himself a takedown, and just proceeded to beat the fuck out of this guy like he owed him money. Uh, Kane Velasquez TKO round one. Kane gets himself back into the title hunt, and of course JDS Frank Mir. Um, we joked about how this was going to go down uh, when, when, during the interview with Crooklyn. Um, JDS came in, used his awesome striking, and just put it to Mir, and got himself the TKO in the second round. The funny thing is, Frank Mir didn't look completely shitty. Some people thought that he was going to get outclassed. Um, I think that JDS is striking is just on a sec on a separate level than anybody else in the heavyweights right now. The guy really knows how to hit you with good, clean power shots from not even from crazy angles, but he knows how to set up the counter right into solid, solid shots. In the first round, he caught Frank Mir with a punch in the stomach that hearing it in the home theater, the only thing that I heard was that was it. Just here, just here glove on stomach. And it was, you know, Mir definitely looked wobbled going out. Second round, JDS smelled the blood in the water and put the work in, secured himself the victory, retained his belt, which leads me into the other news for this week. Of course, let's talk some bonuses. Fight of the night, nobody got it. Submission of the night went to Stefan Struve. Knockout of the night went to Dan Hardy and also Roy Nelson. Each of the fighters got $70,000. Dana White confirmed at the UFC 146 press conference that Cain Velasquez will be meeting Junior Dos Santos once again. So there you have it, folks. Cain Velasquez's performance guarantees him another shot at JDS. Of course, also revealed at the press conference, Mayhem Miller no longer with the UFC based on some shit that happened backstage. So Mayhem is out. I'm sure Bellator is going to scoop him up or he'll go back to Japan and do well out there. But, um... You know, Dana White was really, really upset with Mayhem, so God knows what happened backstage. But <sighs> will Mayhem ever be back in the UFC? Who knows? But right now, the door is pretty much shut. Another big thing that happened that, you know, a lot of wrestling blogs talked about, and of course, I'm going to get into now, was Brock Lesnar at UFC 146. And a lot of people were talking about, oh, you know, he's there to, to get himself a fight, blah, blah, blah. Let me explain something to those of you that have, you know, varying opinions on Brock Lesnar's involvement. Brock Lesnar's a businessman. The guy has, I believe, one more fight left. He's there to make money. He went to the WWE. It hasn't really gone according to plan, but he's also allegedly not tied to an exclusive contract with the WWE. I'm assuming it's because he learned his lesson the last time. So, if he's smart... He'll collect that last fight in the UFC, but here's a way that WWE can make it work. And nobody's thought about this. Say Brock, you know, I'm Brock Lesnar. I go to Dana White. I'm like, yo, I want to fight my last fight in the UFC. Dana White goes, okay. Now, Brock Lesnar wears his shirts. He's sponsored by Jack Links or Beef Jerky or Diverticulitis Surgeons or whatever the fuck he's sponsored by. Here's how you solidify everybody being happy. 
Brock Lesnar walks to the cage with his WWE wrestling shirt. Simple as that. He comes out with his WWE wrestling shirt. You want to know why? Because WWE sponsors Brock Lesnar to fight in the UFC. Simple as that. That's how everybody gets paid. WWE put, gets the shirt on Lesnar. You got the sponsors on the back. Not the, the, not the lame sponsors that we see on Raw every week, but his real sponsors. You know, Death Clutch, etc., etc. He has WWE on the front. He's got the little WWE authentic logo there. You let him walk out to his fucking wrestling music if you want. And everybody gets paid. Dana White would be a fool not to do that because he'll be able to take WWE to the cleaners to make that happen. Not only that, but the cross-promotion, the the pay-per-view buy rate will be huge. Now, the only thing is, Roy Nelson has said, oh, I want to fight Brock Lesnar, blah, blah, blah. What you want to do is you don't want to, if you're bringing Brock Lesnar back and let's say WWE puts the money in the UFC's pocket, you want to give him a fight that people will go crazy for. And sure, the JDS rematch, Cain Velasquez, you could do, but don't tell me that you're going to do Brock versus Mir because we've already seen how the fuck that goes. Uh, Not Shane Carwin. I like Shane. Definitely not the match that you want to do for that, but do something different. Maybe do Cormier and Brock Lesnar. That might work. Former Former title holder, a nice fight for Cormier coming into the heavyweight division. A good pay-per-view fight. Sure, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you know, Cormier should get uh, somebody of a lower caliber. But you know what? The guy won the Strike Force Grand Prix. Or if you want to get real crazy, Josh Barnett and Brock Lesnar. Fuck it. Let's do it. I guarantee you, you do that. You know, Barnett knows how to sell a fight. Brock Lesnar knows how to talk a lot of shit. The WWE will throw money at it, and it'll do well. I see Ames is laughing. Uh, Barnett and Brock would be a mess of the best variety. She says in the chat, she, you know what? It would be a mess, but everybody would get fucking paid. And that's what this is all about. Brock Lesnar doesn't give a fuck about MMA. He really doesn't. As much as people say, oh, you know, he likes being the best. Yes. Brock Lesnar likes being the best, but the only time Brock Lesnar's happy is when Brock is winning and Brock is making money. The minute Brock loses, he takes his ball and goes home. Crooklyn, Crooklyn says in the in the chat that Barnett would destroy Brock. You're probably right, but you know what? When you see that pay-per-view buy rate and it's one fight left on his contract, excuse me, one fight left on his contract, fuck it. Sacrifice him to Barnett. Who cares? The War Master will mount that big dragon skull from Brock Lesnar's chest on a fucking throne. I'd do it. I'd, I'd drop $60 in a minute. I don't give a shit. It would, it, people, would, people would pay to see that. Only because it's it's insanity at its best. Seriously. You know, the War Master will be like, look, man, I'm going to rip that dragon head off your back and mount it on my fucking throne. I'm going to beat you to death. And Brock Lesnar, you know, he's going to be like, yeah, you know, fuck you, whatever. Bud Light, my intestines aren't there. You know, typical Brock Lesnar shit. I'm going to shoot deer and that'll be it. That's that's how it's got to go down. Seriously. He's got one fight left. WWE is is scared. Do it. That's it. Or if you want to go real crazy, Brock Lesnar Overeem rematch. We could always do that. Fuck it. Overeem fucking knees out the remainder of Brock Lesnar's intestines. Oh well, maybe you shouldn't have left the UFC. See you later. 
one or the other, Josh Barnett or Overeem are the only fights that I can see being feasible enough to make a fuckload of money. That's it. I see Crooklyn does not not want to hear about Overeem and Lesnar, but, eh, you know. Ah, Roy, you want to see that Roy Nelson fight, huh? I like Roy. Roy can sell the fight, but it's just, you know, Roy can sell the fight. You know, the mullet, the fucking Jesus beard. Anyway, let me let me not let me not beat this up. We got the tough finals tomorrow. Ali Akinta from New York, Mike Chesa tournament final, Ultimate Fighter finale on FX and Fuel TV. Make sure to check that out. Jake Ellenberger, Martin Campman is your main event. Jonathan Brookins, Charles Oliveira, Max Holloway, Pat Schilling, Justin Lawrence, and John Kofer on the main card. Your prelims will be on Fuel TV. Um. You got most of the guys that were on the season and then on the prelims, which you'll see on Facebook, John Albert and Eric Perez. A uh, couple of things I do got to say, Ellenberger, Martin Campman, anybody that's sitting in their couch complaining that this fight is going to be garbage, you are a complete dickhead. Whoever you are, male or female, if you don't think Ellenberger and Campman are going to go out there and beat the fuck out of each other, you're insane. You're insane. Because I've seen, oh, you know, Ellenberger... Blah, 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 Martin Campman, fucking boring. But you motherfuckers don't know shit. Zufa has brainwashed you completely. Jake Ellenberger's probably going to go in there and leave his soul in that cage. They're going to they're gonna kill each other. And the guys in the tough finale got to root for Al from New York. You know, it's just got to support my New York guys. But those guys, you know, buku money on the line. Murder, death, kill is imminent. And Jonathan Brookins, I like just I like watching him fight. You know, he's such a weird looking dude. I swear, it's like he's he's out of like where the wild things are. He's just such a strange guy. But I like watching him fight. Sue me. All right. The besides all the heavyweight fights we had, we also had some fights outside of the octagon. Ariane Celeste, of course, got arrested. It was on TMZ. We had her teary eyed Hispanic girl mugshot. I felt like I was on 116th Street in Manhattan, the way she looked. Um, Conflicting reports from what I've heard, her very ugly Indian-looking boyfriend got a little too touchy-feely, and she decided to kick that dude right in the face, and that was it. So, of course, you know, he's like, oh, why'd you kick me in the face, blah, 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 I'm going to videotape it, this, that, and a third. Before I even give a personal opinion, facts are facts. If you're a man and you touch and you touch a woman and she whoops your ass, you looked for that ass whooping. I don't give a fuck what your girl says to you. You open the door and you walk out. You go for a walk. Do something or you just leave and don't come back. The minute the minute you put your hands on a chick, all bets are off. And if she fucking roundhouse kicked you in the face, maybe you deserved it. Don't get me wrong though, it did feel it did feel like something that you see, you know, on a hot summer day in the Bronx or in Manhattan. Facts are facts. The guy got his ass whooped. She got arrested. He got arrested. Dana White, you know, he tells TMZ, Ariani's our baby. She's been with us for over five years. She's a good girl, amazing ambassador, blah, blah, blah. I support her 100%. Dana White, you're a cool dude. I like you. But let's, let's, look, at, let's look at this from another perspective. Ariane Celeste 
Gets naked for Playboy, makes the UFC money. All good, no problem. Brittany Palmer gets naked. UFC makes money, mainstream exposure. No problem. Chandela Powell takes a couple of naked pictures. It wasn't like it wasn't like she was, you know, taking taking man batter on, on on her body or something real gross. She just took a couple of naked pictures. You know, it happens. Oh, well, you know, blah blah blah. She lied about this that and the third. So let me get this straight. She gets naked years ago and it's a problem. Ariani whoops the guy's ass, but you know, she's our baby. I don't know. That shit like that really sounds suspect. I'm not trying to to downplay it, but so what? Chandela Powell took some naked pictures. You know how many chicks do that? Get out of here. Like I said, it wasn't like she took like she took a load on her chest or something sick. You know, it wasn't like there were pictures of her getting plowed out or some some terrible shit. It was just some naked photos. Girls that look good at some point end up having some naked photos around. <laughs> Holy shit, Crooklyn gets the gold star. If Chandela didn't have a dirty ass, she would still be carrying numbers. You know what the funny thing is? That That's, all kidding aside, you're carrying numbers. That's what you're doing. You're carrying numbers, you wear little shorts, and you're naked, you're, you, you know, you, you get naked for Playboy for mainstream exposure. It's not rocket science. Now, if you're telling me that you're out there doing journalism you're, you're fighting in female mixed martial arts. Can't we get that? I'd like to see a ring girl that fights professionally. Can we get that? Can we get a ring girl that fights professionally? That would be fucking awesome. Like, hey, I hold cards, but I can fuck you up. Watch me fight on Showtime. Seriously. That's, a, that's how it is. The fact is... Do something else. Like, like they make it seem like being a ring girl is ultra fucking stressful. What are you worried about? Picking up number three instead of number one? Come on. Give me a fucking break, people. Seriously. Anyway, let's move on. In, in some sad news, Vitor Belfort broke his hand, so he is out of UFC 147. Which, of course, the coaches were supposed to fight in the first Brazilian season of The Ultimate Fighter. He was going to meet Vanderlei. Turns out that is not going to happen. Vanderlei took to Twitter, pretty much called Vitor Belfort a bitch, said, how the fuck do you break your hand in fucking training, you retard? Of course, it is what it is. Now, Rich Franklin, everybody's favorite Ace Ventura lookalike, will be meeting Vanderlei Silva at a 190-pound catchweight for UFC 147. Franklin and Silva, if you didn't know, first fought at UFC 199, UFC 99, where Rich Franklin picked up the unanimous decision. This Rich Franklin's cool, but it's Vanderlei all the way. I got to ride or die with the, with the pride dudes. So I sincerely hope that Vanderlei goes in there and gives Rich Franklin more nasal reconstructive surgery, much like Anderson Silva did. You know, it just it just kills me that Vitor Belfort breaks his hand training, training. I'm sorry, but your, your fight is around the corner. How the fuck do you break your hand? Hey, we're going to do a special kind of sparring today. You're going to punch bricks two weeks before we start or some crazy Brazilian shit. I mean, I'm, I'm talking shit and being foolish, but come on, man. How do you break your hand so close to a fight? Fuck out of here. Anyway, 
Rich Franklin was supposed to fight Kung Lee at UFC 148. Not happening. UFC 147, June 23rd, in Brazil, Rich Franklin, Vanderlei Silva, Mike Russo versus Verdum. Then you got your featherweight and middleweight finals for Tough Brazil. And um, you got a couple of other fights on that card as well. Now it's been reported that Kung Lee is going to be meeting the returning Patrick the Predator, the Predator Cote at UFC 148. That's happening July 7th. I'm buying that card regardless. Anderson Silva and Chael, of course. Uriah Faber, Henan Barrow, Tito Ortiz's last fight. Cote, Kung Lee, Stun Gun Kim, and Damian Maya. Take my fucking $60. Seriously. Take my $60. Because, I, you know, Tito Ortiz's last fight, love or hate Tito, you know, I, I, I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it. And, and Silva and Sonnen... If 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 Chael wins, it's it's gonna be madness. People are gonna go insane. Like if he wins and like this is the problem with that fight. It can't be a decision because Chael won't get any respect. The only way Chael Sonnen can win is if he puts Anderson Silva to sleep or gets a submission. Simple as that. And Uriah Faber, he better get ready because Hedden Burrell is going to come in there and start kicking him in the side of his leg again and give him a purple quad like Jose Aldo did. That's all I'm saying. John Bones Jones got that DUI, we all know. TMZ reports that he pled guilty to the DUI. Now, based on that, he is, you know, his license has been suspended. He's due in court uh, June 19th. If he's convicted... He's going to get a year in jail. I'm going to tell you right now. John Jones is not getting convicted of anything except being overly religious. You want to know why? Because it's called money. Money. That's what it's called. Money. It's in fucking upstate New York. They're hard up for money as it is. It's called Dana White writing a fucking check quietly and John Jones just chilling and defending his belt. He'll get the, exactly props to E and K in the chat room. He'll get community service. Maybe he'll have to do some talking to, you know, to some kids, which whatever you want John Jones to do that anyway. So I'm sure they'll spin that into some positive PR, but you know, look, he's an overprivileged dude. That's under 20. That's 24 years old. He had a Bentley. The, the entire world was fucking blowing him, thinking that he's the, the Ollie of MMA. Yeah, I'm surprised it took this long for some crazy shit to happen. Fuck it. You know, do your community service because Dana White's going to make sure you don't go to jail. And that's it. Last bit of MMA news before we wrap things up. Got to give a shout out to a new promotion, Invicta. They are, they do women's MMA. They did an event not too long ago, which was really, really good. They're going to be doing another event July 28th at the Memorial Hall in Kansas City, Kansas. Tickets start at just $25. You can purchase them on Ticketmaster.com or InvictaFC.com beginning this Friday. They got some really, really talented uh, female mixed martial artists there. Shayna Baszler, who, who I like to watch fight. Liz Carmouche, Amanda Nunes, uh, Julia Budd is also fighting. Um, you, you, got a couple, you got a couple of talented ladies on there. Hitomi Akano. Um, just make sure to go to InvictaFC.com. Support women's MMA. Um, a lot of you guys can't get past the fact that women like to punch each other in the face for our enjoyment. Fact is, 
some of the women fight better than some of the guys. Ronda Rousey is a great example. Gina Carano is a great example. Cyborg is a great example. Misha Tate. Um, Michelle Gutierrez. Uh, what the hell is this other chick's name? Uh, Zoila Frosto. I can go down. I can go down a list of women that can go in the cage and bang. But if we don't support that particular aspect of the sport, it's going to continue to be looked at like a fucking sideshow, which it's not. Nothing annoys me more than watching MMA and hearing, oh, we have a women's special attraction match. No, we have a fucking fight on the card. Simple as that. Cut the shit. Well, Invicta FC, July 28th. Head over to InvictaFC.com this Friday if you want to pick up some tickets. As of right now, I don't know if they're going to be broadcasting it. I hope they do. It'll probably be on iPay-Per-View or maybe Go Fight Live. So be on the lookout for that. Like I said, support women's MMA. Uh, we need to get that mainstream only because it's it's another outlet of combat sports that people really need to get familiar with. Simple as that. That's going to wrap up the MMA news for this week. Let's get into some wrestling because I'm not even going to take a commercial break since I'm on fire. MTR's wrestling segment is brought to you by WWE Shop Zone. Yes, WWE Shop Zone does advertise on My Take Radio. Get your head out of your ass if you didn't know it. Visit WWEShop.com. Enter the code WWE save 10% from now until June 30th and you'll save $10 on your order from now till June 30th, WWE shop.com. All right. Now let's get into some wrestling. And I figured it would be fitting to always welcome us. Booker T take it away. We want the gold sucker. Hulk Hogan, we coming for you. Nigga. <laughs> For those not familiar, that was actually Brock Lesnar's WWE music. So I figured I would play that this week. It would be fitting. Anyway, let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Raw this week was definitely flat. It was not as entertaining as I would have liked. And if you want to know why I thought it sucked, all you got to do is read the buried column from our boys Blade and Quark to see why. Just squash matches and just real shit matches. Santino and Del Rio, get the fuck out of here with that. Then we had um, Crime Time 2.0 take on Ziggler and Swagger. The only good thing that came out of that match was the possibility of Ziggler going into a singles career. I got no issues with that. We showed the cover for WWE 13, which is going to focus on the Attitude Era, which is WWE's way of just phoning it in, and I'll discuss that in the gaming segment. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, they're really squeezing the fuck out of this match. They really got to slow that down. I think the feud between these guys is fantastic. They got great chemistry, excellent wrestling, but excuse me, stop, stop squeezing the stone so much every week. Seriously. Christian and the Miz, eh, there's potential there. There really is. David Otunga, get the fuck off my television. I'm tired of you. I'm tired of the big show trying to be a badass. He kills Brodus Clay dead. All of a sudden, Brodus Clay is 22-0 and 0 since he started wrestling. 
Get the fuck out of here. Nobody cares. He's 22-0 and 0 in squash matches, and you guys took the easy way out by making the Big Show whoop his ass before the match even started. Keeps the record intact, protects Brodus, makes the Big Show look like a badass, but the problem is, the Big Show, the damage has been done. The damage has been done. Seriously. The Big Show was a badass years ago. Nobody takes him seriously now. When he gets his ass whooped by Rey Mysterio, by, you know, by, by the dog in the street corner, come on, nobody gives a fuck about him now. He's not a badass. Simple as that. Raw was really, really, really flat this week. I'm sorry. John Laurinaitis is hobbling around. Hey, I'm tired of not getting respected. Like, fuck you. I'm tired of seeing you on my fucking television. Fuck out of here every week. Ugh. Seriously. In some other news, TNA Impact went live this week, starting this evening. I actually got the opportunity to sit through Impact. And... Ugh. Couple of things that, that were okay, some things I didn't like. Bobby Roode and fucking Sting. Did not like it. Did not like it because why are you moving Sting into the main event again? Why are you doing it? It's bullshit. Cut it out. Put him in the Hall of Fame or whatever you're going to do. Leave him the fuck off my television. I do have to give props to Bully Ray for cutting an awesome promo. Bully Ray has stepped his game up. The only thing I hope is that if he makes his way back to the WWE, they continue to use him as a singles competitor because he is on a whole other fucking level. Austin Aries and Chris Sabin was a great X Division match. I was very impressed. Um, you know, Samoa Joe tweeted that he got escorted off the premises. I really hope it's an angle because Samoa Joe's way too good of a wrestler to not be used. Uh, Dixie Carter announced that TNA will unveil their TNA Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yes. Now, here's the problem with that. Who are you going to put in there that isn't going to look like a complete dildo as a Hall of Famer? If you tell me Sting, I'm going to tell you to kill yourself. Same thing with Hogan. You got the, the only guy I think should go in there first is Jeff Jarrett. Simple as that. Guy started the company, built the company from the ground up. And sure, he hasn't been on television, but he made this shit. TNA Hall of Fame. Jeff Jarrett. TNA Hall of Fame. You know, regardless of of what you think, Red should be in there. Low Key should be in there. Jerry Lynn should be in there. These are guys that built that fucking company. Not Hogan, not Sting, not all these guys that came later. The guys who I purchased weekly pay-per-views for 10 bucks a week should be in there. Primetime Elix Skipper, if you want to put Triple X in there as a group, you can do that. America's Most Wanted, you can do that. Because those were guys that got that company on the map during that time that people really talked about. James Mitchell, you can talk about that, Sinister Minister. Definitely him. I'd, I'd put him in there. It's, it's insane. Those are the guys you got to do. Simple as that. Our TV title match, I don't know why they made Jeff Hardy challenge for the TV title, but that shit went to a no contest because of Robbie E and Robbie T. Take that for what it's worth. Um, AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels, I could watch those fucking guys wrestle any day of the week. Um, The TNA gut check challenge, it's so fucking stupid. 
every week it just seems like they're really, really not giving it 100%. These are guys that are already signed. Give us somebody different. Let's try something new. Sure, it's going to get guys on the roster, but the approach, excuse me, the approach right now is not the move that makes me want to keep watching Impact. So there you have it. Go, You know, TNA Impact Live wasn't complete colostomy bag, but it definitely was not the best it could have been. TNA Hall of Fame, I don't know how I feel about it. Let's get into the other wrestling news. We got a couple of suspensions. First off, Chris Jericho got himself in an international incident by desecrating a flag in Sao Paulo, Brazil this past Thursday. He kicked a Brazilian flag in order to get heat during the match. The authorities stopped the match, made him apologize. He was even going to be taken into custody, but ultimately he was not charged. Originally, it was said that he was going to be suspended for indefinitely, but it turns out that they changed it, and it's now going to be 30 days for denigrating the Brazilian flag. Um, I'm going to say a couple of things, and take that however you want. When you go to wrestling events, your signs, your whiteboards, anything you bring is open season because you are at an event where the performers, other fans can interact with those items. It's open season. Desecrating the flag, right? There are so many laws about what you're supposed to do with a flag, but we, here in the U.S. especially, we just fucking do stupid shit where the flag is a cape, all this other shit. There are all these laws that don't get acknowledged. Now, I understand in Brazil that, you know, it's a law. And that's fine. But the fan that brought the flag to the arena should be held accountable. Because you brought the flag there. You brought it there. You used it as a prop for, for, for your involvement at the event. Simple as that. So yeah, Chris Jericho, okay, maybe he shouldn't, he shouldn't have kicked the flag or whatever he did. It wasn't like he wiped his ass with the flag or he, or he spit on it. He kicked it. You know, it it's not like he, he fucking hocked a loogie in it. We've seen terrible shit. The problem is WWE is expanding into an international market. And in doing that, they got to be real sensitive to what's going on. But the problem with that is that you got to establish this stuff before you go there. Hey, don't desecrate any flags. Hey, don't do this. Hey, don't do that. You do that before you get to the event. You don't do that during the event and then chastise the guy for doing his job. Chris Jericho's a fucking bad guy. That's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to be a dick. And he's supposed to get the crowd booing against him. If you brought the flag there, you're just as much of an asshole as Chris Jericho. You want to know who's guilty of desecrating the flag even more so than U.S. US residents? Puerto Ricans. I'm Puerto Rican. Uh, My family came from Puerto Rico. I speak Spanish fluently. But we are the largest group of motherfuckers that desecrate our flag. We do. Usually in June, we have the Puerto Rican Day Parade here in New York City. And you see Puerto Rican flag bandanas, Puerto Rican flag capes, booty shorts, t-shirts, knee pads. You see the flag with a little boy on it. You see the flag with a rooster on it. You see a flag with a coqui on it, which is, you know, a small frog from Puerto Rico, all of that is on the flag. Isn't that desecrating the flag? Of course it is. But is anybody going to say anything? No. 
You see what I'm saying? Like, we, we shit on our own flag. This guy brought the flag to the event. Jericho did his job, and he gets chastised. What he should have done, you don't suspend him for 30 days. You tell him, hey, man, you know, you fucked up. You shouldn't have done that. Chris Jericho's a fucking veteran, and you're treating him like a baby. Get out of here with that shit. Seriously. Maybe you could have fined him a couple of thousand dollars. Fuck it. 30-day suspension for that? You guys just fucked yourselves, because he may not even be able to be at the pay-per-view now. Which leads me to another suspension, which is our favorite boring main event wrestler, Randy Orton. Guess what happened to him? He got popped too, 60 days for wellness. He was Chris Jericho's opponent going into No Way Out. And then they were setting up a possible feud with The Miz. So now, both guys are on the shelf. Jericho for what he did, and Randy Orton for whatever wellness violation he did, which is allegedly his second strike. Now here's the thing. If you're a main eventer, you know that drug testing does happen. And of course, people say that main eventers get preferential treatment and they don't get tested, whatever. WWE had to make a statement. Randy Orton pissed hot. If you're a main eventer, you should know better. If it's because of weed, he's a fucking idiot. Is, is the necessity to smoke a J that important that you'd risk your career, risk a spot on a pay-per-view to smoke some weed? If you're on a diuretic or a fat burner, you know they're going to test you for it. What do you think? Because you're a third-generation guy and you're moderately entertaining that you're going to be excluded? It's going to make the company look bad. But again, guy fucked up. Hopefully, uh, Quark and Blade will bury Randy Orton accordingly this week. Well, next week, I should say. Another thing that frustrated me this week in wrestling news, WWE.com did another one of their patented lists, which, of course, always irritates the fuck out of me. This particular list is the top 25 masters of the mic. Now, I'm going to go in reverse order, and when you guys see who number one is, some of you will agree, a lot of you will disagree, and I'll say why I disagree. 25 was Captain Lou Albano, 24 was Rick Rude, 23 was Santino Morella, I have no idea why the fuck he is on that list. 22 is Ted DiBiase Sr., The Miz was 21, Jesse Ventura was 20, 19 is Triple H, 18 is Paul Heyman, 17 is Edge. Vince McMahon is 16. I don't know why. Vince McMahon promos suck ass. Billy Graham was 15. Mick Foley was 14. Hulkster was 13. CM Punk, get this, was number 12. Randy Savage was number 11. How is Randy Savage number 11? Nothing beats this. You have lusted your heart for Miss Elizabeth Hogan. Ooh, yeah. Dig it. Come on. That was one of the best promos ever. Ever when he was feuding with Hogan. Really? You put him in fucking number 11? Get out of here. JBL was 10. Bobby Heenan was 9. Dusty Rhodes was 8. John Cena was number 7. Jake Roberts was number 6. He should have been higher. Chris Jericho was 5. Ric Flair was 4. The Rock was number 3. Rowdy Piper was number 2. And Stone Cold was number 1. Roddy Roddy Piper should be number one because he delivered his shit without prep work. He cut legit promos without prep work. That's the fact. But Stone Cold got number one. And it's funny because 
I mentioned that, and Piper actually said something about it, he posted the following. I don't know if this is true. WWE put a book of the greatest Mike men. Told I was not number one. Lost the last piece of respect and credibility I had, LOL. Before this petty list goes too far, I imagine that if the WWE would let Rock, Austin, Piper, and Cena do a pit, magic, simple. All their interviews were scripted. They lay, there lay the difference. Number two, the book is full of shit, and everyone, including all the boys, know it. I, I got to agree. Roddy Piper was on a whole other level. Roddy Piper, Rick Rude, those were guys that the minute they started talking, nothing beats Rick Rude just saying, you fat, out of shape, lard bodies, just cutting awesome promos that just made the crowd hate their fucking guts. Jake Roberts, another one, amazing promos, amazing. Paul Heyman, another guy, amazing promos, fucking magic on the fucking microphone. You got Santino on this list? What, for talking fake in his fake Italian accent? Fuck you and this fucking bullshit-ass list. Seriously. And it's funny because CM Punk said, that list is a joke because Piper isn't number one. Typical WWE revisionist history, history political favoritism. So... There you have it, folks. CM Punk couldn't even co-sign that list. In some other news, WWE officials, according to a multitude of websites, are stating that Lord Tensai's character is a flop. As of, as of the last couple of weeks, many of you may have noticed, they've changed his gimmick a little bit. He doesn't come out and get undressed by fucking Sakamoto anymore. He doesn't have the long, drawn-out entrance. They, don't, they took the Lord out of his name. Blah, blah, blah. Supposedly, he's going to be repackaged. Here's, here's how easily you could have remedied that situation. Don't change his name. He could have came back as Albert, and he could have came back and said, you know, the WWE put me in these terrible storylines, these shitty gimmicks. I went to Japan where the wrestling is real, the fans are better, and I came back to show you guys that the Japanese style is the best style. Simple as that. He'd be an automatic bad guy. You can still book him, buy whatever character name he had, and that was it. Stop treating the audience like they're fucking stupid. The people chant Albert as it is. All you got to do is say that, hey, I went to Japan because the, the wrestling over there is real. It's not this bullshit that I come back to here, and I'm trying to reinforce that the strong style is the only style. That's it. Instant bad guy. That's how it works. That's how it goes down. But, obviously... They get this gimmick over, and now it just fucking, you know, it sucks. Simple as that. Last bit of wrestling news for this week. WWE Raw did a 2.7 rating. It's the lowest number of the year, and the company's going fucking crazy. A lot of factors affected it, of course. One being Memorial Day, uh, the record-breaking debut of the Hatfields and McCoys. Then you had the NBA playoffs. But then people are saying that certain matches lost made people turn the channel. CM Punk and Daniel Bryan allegedly lost viewers, as did Alberto Del Rio and Santino, which was noted as having one of the lowest quarter-hour ratings in years. Number one, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, we've seen it already. People aren't going to watch it because they know it's not going to end clean. It's obvious. Del Rio and Santino Morella, everybody knows it's a fucking squash match because you're pushing Del Rio. So we are going to change the fucking channel. Anybody can see that. Even Stevie Wonder can see that. Give me a fucking break. 
You got a 2.7 rating because you guys aren't gambling. You're not taking risks. You're not doing the shit that you're supposed to be doing. No, you're going to come out, have Randy Orton talk on the fucking microphone for 20 minutes. Then, oh, John Laurinaitis, people power. Get the fuck out of here. That's why you got a 2.7 rating. It stinks. Simple as that. It stinks. And you're in the situation you're in because it's, it's garbage. Simple as that. All right, let's jump right into some video games. My Take Radio's video game segment is brought to you by Gamefly. Rent all the hottest games and keep them for as long as you want, now including PC games. Plans start as low as $5.95. Rent the games, PS3, Xbox 360, PC, 3DS, um, Vita. You get any of those games, you get a queue set up, they send you the games from your queue, you keep them as long as you want, then after you're done, boom, you drop them in the mail. Uh, slick, huh, which means they have Diablo 3. No, no, no. Most of the PC they, games they have is just older stuff that you can play on, like, uh, it's kind of like Steam. It's the equivalent of a Steam service. I've used it once or twice, but, eh, you know. No, no, no. I- I'm glad you mentioned it because somebody will be like, oh, shit, they have Diablo 3 on there. Oh, Rich lied to us. So, you know, I'm glad you actually brought that to my attention. No, Diablo 3 may not be on there, but some other PC games that you may want to fuck with are there. Like I said, GameFly.com, plans start at $5.95. Let's talk some video games, because we got a lot to cover. Alright, here's what we got. As I mentioned, WWE 13 got unveiled on Raw this week. Um, IGN did a little bit of an article about it, but... The Wrestling Observer Newsletter actually gave us a little bit of a deeper story regarding it. The game is scheduled to come out October 30th. You have It's going to focus completely on the Attitude Era, like I said. But here is where you see the laziness of the WWE and THQ. The roster is divided into the Modern Era and the Attitude Era. Now, bear with me. Here's the, here are the guys that are in the Modern Era. John Cena, Randy Orton, Punk... The Undertaker, The Rock, Brock Lesnar, Triple H, Chris Jericho, Daniel Bryan, Cody Rhodes, Sheamus, Wade Barrett, Rey Mysterio, Zack Ryder, Ziggler, R-Truth, Kofi Kingston, The Miz, Jack Swagger, Santino, David Otunga, Kane, Kevin Nash, Christian, Mark Henry, Sin Cara, The Goya Brothers, Unico, Ted DiBiase Jr., Great Khali, Heath Slater, Jinder Mahal, Justin Gabriel, Eve Torres, Kelly Kelly, The Bellas, Karma, Beth Phoenix, and Alicia Fox, right? Now, out of that modern era, you can pluck out Kevin Nash. You can pluck out... uh, You can pluck out Rey Mysterio to a degree. You can pluck out The Undertaker. You can pluck out Triple H. But here's here's the Attitude Era roster. Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock... Triple H, The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Eddie Guerrero, Edge and Christian, The New Age Outlaws, Road Warriors, X-Pac, Vince, Shane, and Stephanie, Mankind, Dude Love, Cactus Jack, Trish Stratus, Lita, The Big Show, Kane, Davey Boy Smith, Vader, Mark Henry, Ken Shamrock, The Godfather, and The Big Boss Man. They also announced that Mike Tyson is in the game. Now... Looking at that, 
it's pretty much all the Attitude Era characters are separate from the modern era characters. But it's like at the end of the day, they're the same fucking guys. What's the difference between modern Triple H and Attitude Era Triple H? What, the DX clothes? The the ring entrance? Come on, come on. Really? That's how we're going to do this? How about you put in, let's get Brian Pillman. He should have been there. Steve Blackman. Al Snow. Um, Chainsaw Charlie, who was a, a tag team partner of Cactus Jack. Mankind, Dude Love, and Cap- Cactus Jack, at the end of the day, are Mick Foley. Period. They're not three separate guys. Cut the shit. You got Trish Stratus. You got Lita. Okay. What about Ivory? Ivory was a, was, was a member. What about Jazz? What about Molly Holly? What about the Hurricane during, during the Attitude Era? Come on. Really? You got Davy Boy Smith, right? You got him in there. What about Owen Hart? He was there. What about Farouk Assad, which could have been, which is Ron Simmons? If you got Mark Henry in there, you should have Farouk in there. You should have D'Lo Brown in there. You should have Ahmed Johnson in there. Give me a fucking break. You're recycling the same fucking names. It's absurd. Owen Hart should be on that list. Period. The Blue Blazer should be on that list. If you're going to use, if you're going to double dip characters, Owen Hart and the Blue Blazer. Why not? That's how I see it. And here's here's another thing. If you're including the Attitude Era, one to props to Slick, one two three kid. Here's a here's a here's another one. I mean they have X Pac in there, but yeah, one two three kid and X Pac, ENK, Val Venus. Thank you. Let's get let's get crazy. During the Attitude Era, you guys own the rights to WCW. Why don't we use the WCW roster? You own the rights. The Natural Born Thrillers. Goldberg, Ric Flair, shout Jeff Jarrett. Why don't we go down the list? You probably own the rights to the WCW characters and the WCW roster. Why don't you do that? Why don't you sign some of these guys to Legends deals? Use those guys. Lex Luger was kind of iffy with the Attitude Era, but he may have fallen in there because when he was there feuding with Yokozuna, that was before the Attitude Era. But fuck it, why not? You got Legends in there. Seriously, why not use the WCW license and throw that in there? The Attitude Era was about WWE versus WCW. Why can't we get that? Why can't we have the Outsiders, Hall, Nash, DDP, Bam Bam Bigelow, Booker T, Hugh Morris, Rey Mysterio without the mask, Billy Kidman. All those guys were essential to the Attitude Era. What happened? Mortis, Chronic. You know, you already ha- you have the late Chris Canyon. You have probably the rights to his likeness. Put him in there as Mortis. Use Chronic, Raven. Thank you, Slick. We, we Raven's flock. E and K. You are the man. Rhino. That's what I'm saying. The Attitude Era was comprised of all these guys. Why can't we see WCW? Why can't we see ECW? The late Mike Awesome, Masato Tanaka, Tommy Dreamer, Terry Funk. Like I said, come on, man. Fucking lazy ass THQ and stupid ass WWE. Try this is roster update 2013. WWE is going into Madden territory and it sucks. Should be fucking embarrassed. 
In some other Xbox news, Minecraft is slowly catching up to its PC counterpart. The official Xbox magazine is reporting that they're making some upgrades over the next couple of weeks. Um, You're going to be getting creative mode, a food system, the Enderman. That's going to be in the 1.8 update, which which I believe is already out. But there's going to be a 1.82 update as well. So if you're a fan of Minecraft, know that they're going to try and make it as close to the PC counterpart as possible. In some Kinect news, they're going to be releasing a Harry Potter Kinect exclusive game, which is going to include mini games, including, you know, Harry, Ron, Hermione, and a custom character that will be created by players. You'll be able to cast spells using gestures and voice commands, as well as play Quidditch and battle Voldemort. Because I know that tons of you are creaming in your jeans to stay to say when Guardian Leviosa when you're at home or fucking, you know, Expelliarmus or whatever other bullshit ass Harry Potter spell you're going to say. I'm sure you're all excited for that, but that's what's coming out on the Kinect, folks. We got some Halo 4 news as well this week. Pre-order bonuses are slowly being leaked out. If you pre-order from EB Games in Canada, you'll get the camo battle rifle and some armor skins. If you do it on Amazon, you'll get a web armor skin. Um, If you pre-order through Play, you'll get a Deadeye helmet skin, and GameStop will have a forest armor skin. That's what you're getting thus far. I gotta talk a little bit about, you know, fucking 38 Studios again this week. Joystick put up an article that they were saying that the Kingdoms of Amalur actually had a sequel in pre-production, which Quark brought to my attention as well. This 38 Studios situation just gets worse and worse. Uh, Kurt Schilling, he did an interview in the Providence Journal. He said he invested over $50 million of his own money, which he lost. He blames the state of Rhode Island for the governor in particular for pushing potential investors away. And that was a factor in the company closing. The way I see it is, I'm sure somebody's going to try and pick up that license and, and grab that stuff because... You know, Kingdoms of, of Amalur was a solid game, and it's a shame that it went the way it went. All those people from 38 Studios lost their jobs. Fucking sucks. If you've turned on your Xbox this week, you might have noticed that you can watch Amazon Instant Video as well. You're going to get a trial uh, this week, and if you're a member of Amazon Prime, which I recommend you use, you get access to the entire Amazon Instant Library for free. I use Amazon Prime. It's worth it's worth the investment. Um, you'll get shows, movies, all that stuff through the Amazon service. It's already been on PSN for a little bit, so it's cool that it's on Xbox Live now. So if you got it and you have Amazon Prime, check out Amazon Instant. Like I said, they're running a trial right now. A lot of good shit there. Bethesda dropped some news that they will be releasing Doom 3 this fall on Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and PC It's going to be called the BFG edition. It's going to include Doom 3 plus its expansion, The Resurrection of Evil. The game has been remastered from the ground up, and it will also feature seven new missions. In addition to the HD graphics, of course, you're going to get the achievements or the trophies, depending on which system you play it on, plus 3D capability. Not only that, but if you get the BFG edition, you'll also get Doom 1 and Doom 2. You know what? Slick asked if there's a fucking light on the gun. You know, I really I really hope they decided to do that, but we'll see what happens. Superhero Hype reported that Warner Brothers is going to be releasing a DC fighting game called Injustice Gods Among Us. This game is being created by NetherRealm Studios, who was involved in the Mortal Kombat remake that came out recently. Um, 
Allegedly, it has a super deep origin story. You'll be able to play as Batman, Harley Quinn, Solomon Grundy, Superman, The Flash, Wonder Woman, and a ton of other characters as well. I'm actually really intrigued to see if NetherRealm Studios can take the magic that they had in Mortal Kombat and do something with with something like DC, because there's so many great characters. You can have a lot of fun with that. Um, Like I said, of course, the staple characters, I'm sure you're going to see Batman, the Joker, Lex Luthor, Superman, those guys. But I'd like to see Deathstroke, uh, maybe Robin or Red Robin, maybe some of the kids from Young Justice. Maybe you want to do something like Cyborg, Nightwing, Jason Todd, Hush, you know, shit like that. Do uh, Expand a little bit. Maybe Azrael, Blue Beetle, Slick, Slick gets a gold star for that. Blue Beetle and Booster Gold would be really awesome to use. Fire and Ice, Hawk and Dove. And what I've noticed in looking at the trailer is that they're using the the characters and the looks from the new DC 52. So if that's the case, you can do a lot of, you can do a lot of stuff with that and grab a lot of those characters from that, including Aquaman, which not to be, not to be crazy. And, and it'll blow your mind, especially as much as I clown Aquaman and the Submariner. But I will tell you that Aquaman in the new DC 52 is an awesome fucking book. I don't co-sign a lot, but seriously, Aquaman, <laughs> Aquaman is actually really good if you're reading the new DC 52. Pick it up because they acknowledge a lot of the stuff that we joke about on air. You know, like somebody actually said, like, dude, why do you wear green and orange? Why do you talk to fish? And he's like, I don't talk to fish. And, you know, it was funny because he actually ordered like some fish sticks. And they're like, dude, how can you eat that? Don't you talk to fish? And he's like, no, I'm fucking hungry. Leave me alone. So it, it's really interesting that they kind of broke the fourth wall with Aquaman it's a solid book. I do recommend you guys check it out. Um, you know, pick it up through if you if you're using a tablet, use the DC Comics app. But seriously, it's it's a fun read. And of course, we got E3 this week and um I wanted to touch on this and I was going to make it part of the monologue, but let let let's be honest. E3 the the symbolism of E3 has kind of gone out the window. A lot of news are being broke before E3 even happens. Shit is getting leaked. Companies are already releasing information, and it's really just making E3 seem kind of worthless. Right now, Game Informer put out their new magazine recently, and it's showing a brand new Gears of War on the front. Sure, it doesn't show, it doesn't show the whole cover, which is going to be revealed Monday at the Microsoft E3 press conference, but think about it. What's the point in being super excited to go to the press conference for Microsoft when you know one of the games being revealed is gears it's it's ridiculous i don't understand why they went the way they went just releasing all this stuff you know spike tv g4 they're going to cover the event but a lot of this stuff is getting leaked out already i just i just don't understand it i think the the concept of e3 has kind of gone down the toilet i i mean ian has a point in the chat where he said that they closed it off to the public that that's definitely a factor but um Cass is also right. Cass said that Valve is keeping shit under lock and key. It's true. But you know what's funny? Apple uh, mentioned during their conference, Tim Cook said that they're unveiling something special next week. And conveniently enough, next week is E3. So maybe it may be something with Valve. Maybe we're going to see Steam on the Apple TV, finally, with a controller. I think that would be fucking sick. If you do, If you do Steam on Apple TV and you just pay a flat rate for it and get access to all the games, people are going to lose their shit. I'd like to see that. 
I would like to see that. I think it would be cool if Steam went that route because it's very strange. Tim Cook said something big is being unveiled next week, and next week, of course, is E3. Very, very, very interesting. Speaking of unveilings, um, our partners at Unveil are doing a community game night with Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 this Sunday. Make sure to follow Unveil on Twitter. Look for them there, and we'll also post the details on the fan page. If you guys want to get involved, test your skills against some of the pro players that Unveil sponsors, you'll be able to check that out. Um, make sure to look them up. So I, I have a whole bunch of notes for that, but they're, they're fucking all over the place on my desk. My desk looks like a CSI crime scene. So, yeah, Unveil this Sunday, um, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Uh, gotta acknowledge something Cass mentioned in the chat about Steam on the iPad. That would be badass too. I, any way you slice it, something's going down with Valve and with Apple next week. Tim Cook kind of hinted at it, and we're gonna see what the big unveiling is. All right, guys, we're gonna talk some movies. MTR Movies is brought to you by the HBO Store. Make sure to hit up store.hbo.com get all your favorite gear from all your favorite shows including true blood and game of thrones in you know since hbo advertises with us if you go and spend 50 dollars or more in the hbo store you'll actually get a hand of the king pin for free the same pin that is worn currently by Tyrion lannister that was worn by ned stark that hand of the <clears throat> excuse me that hand of the king pin is going to be free with a purchase of $50 or more. Just enter the promo code GOTPIN, G-O-T-P-I-N. There you have it, folks. HBO is the sponsor of the My Take Radio movie segment this week. Like I said, store.hbo.com. If you're not sure how to get there, go to mytakeradio.com. Click the banners there for all the advertisers that we've mentioned and get your shopping done. All right, let's get into some movies. Spartans! What is your profession? Alright, first things first, The Avengers, Spider-Man. Obviously, those of you that are comic fans know that Spider-Man has been a member of The Avengers quite a few times, and we've all wondered if at some point in the movie continuity, Spider-Man would appear. Now, the issue with Spider-Man appearing in other Marvel films is the fact that Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man. Until that agreement is over, you will not be able to use Spider-Man. Same thing applies with the X-Men which we know that, obviously, Wolverine is a member of the Avengers. Well, Andrew Garfield actually did a, an interview with Vulture about the Avengers, and he said, you know, I saw the Avengers, I was blown away, I'm going to go see it again. He said, Joss Whedon is a genius, and it's an incredible cast. I was very, very jealous, and I wanted to jump on the screen and play with them. It killed me that I wasn't in it, but I understand why, and I wasn't insulted. But hey, if Samuel L. Jackson wants to give me a shout... I'm there for the next one. Obviously, you know, until the exclude the agreement expires with Sony, you can't use Spider-Man, but it's true. You should be able to 
use all these characters in the same universe. This is something I've talked about in previous shows, and it's it's fact. All these characters should be able to play in the same sandbox. By licensing them out, I understand that you get the properties out faster, but right now you're fucking yourselves by not being able to use these characters on the, on the silver screen together. We got some what-the-fuck TV news for this week. A um, couple of episodes back, I mentioned that Hannibal... Uh, based on the Silence of the Lambs character, was coming to the small screen, which is fine. I have no problem with that because it'll probably be done. It'll probably be done in a similar style, um, a similar style to Dexter, which is fine. Well, TV Guide reports that Lifetime, get this, is developing a TV series based around Agent Clarice Starling. For those of you that don't know, Clarice Starling was the agent that chased Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs, and also in the movie Hannibal as well. Jodie Foster played uh, Agent Starling in one of them, and uh, Julianne Moore played Clarice Starling in the other. So there you have it. Lifetime, get this, is doing a series based on Clarice Starling. It's going to be separate from NBC's Hannibal series, and it's going to focus on Clarice Starling at a young age, fresh out of the FBI Academy. Seriously, what, what, the, what the fuck kind of stories are you going to tell with that chick when... If you've seen Silence of the Lambs, you know that she didn't do shit else before she became an agent profiling killers. It didn't happen till Silence of the Lambs. What are you going to do? Rewrite history and change the fucking story for lifetime of all channels? Ugh. And on lifetime, no less. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll do well. I'm sure it will. I like what Slick said. She will be abused by a man, then beat the guy, the fuck out of the guy every week. Stranger things have happened. It's lifetime. You never know. Let's talk box office totals. Men in Black dethroned the Avengers, $55 million opening weekend. The Avengers, number two, $37 million. Battleship, 10.8. The Dictator, 9.6. Chernobyl Diaries, which I actually want to see for some crazy reason, $8 million. $7.5 million for Dark Shadows. What to Expect When You're Expecting got 72 the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel got 6.4. The Hunger Games, still in there, $2.8 million. It's made $395 million total. Think Like a Man was number 10. Now, here's the crazy thing. The Avengers obviously fell, fell down a little bit, but now it's grossed $513 million domestically and $1.2 billion worldwide. Those numbers make it the fourth highest grossing film of all time, all time domestically and the fourth highest grosser internationally. It also hit $500 million in 23 days, beating out Avatar for the fastest mark by nine days. The budget for the Avengers was $220 million. Super profitable. Robert Downey Jr. is fucking strippers and swimming through money like Scrooge McDuck. That's what, that's what Robert Downey Jr. is doing right now. And he's doing it with the Tony Stark goatee in full effect. Figured you guys would want to know. Anyway, in other Avengers news, we got some details on the Avengers Blu-ray set that's going to be coming out uh, September 25th. Here's what you're going to be able to look forward to when the Avengers drops. You got the single-disc DVD, which you'll be able to pick up. Then you got the two-disc Blu-ray combo. Then you got a special edition four-disc Blu-ray. Now, the four-disc Blu-ray is going to include the 3D and the two-disc version of the two-disc movie as well. You're also getting 
audio commentary from Joss Whedon. You got a Marvel one shot. You got a second screen featurette. You got a gag reel. Here are the deleted scenes. You got an alternate opening. You got a Maria Hill interrogation scene, uh, an interrogation scene, an extended scene with Loki and Hawkeye. You got an extended scene with Steve Rogers, Nick Fury and the World Security Council. You got an extended viaduct fight. You got um, some raw footage with Maria Hill and Nick Fury. You got an extended scene with Banner and the security guard from when he fell from the sky. And here's something very interesting, an alternate ending. So there is an alternate ending for the Avengers. So we're going to need to pick that up. (laughs) Featurettes included are also a visual journey and assembling the ultimate team. Also, they're saying that Disney is going to release a 10-disc superset, which is going to include Iron Man, Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, Thor, Captain America, and the 4-disc Avengers set. So if you want to hold out, you can get the entire 10-disc set probably for November or December, knowing knowing the way things work. In some other superhero movie news, we got to talk a little bit about Batman, of course. The Dark Knight Rises will be out in July, and everybody knows that this is the, the end of the Batman trilogy involving Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale. But it seems that that may not be the case. Christian Bale did an interview with Empire recently, and was asked about the possibility of doing a fourth Batman film. He went on to say the following. My understanding is that this is the last one. I think it's appropriate. I think it's going out at the right time. But if Chris came to me with a script and said, you know what, there's another story, then I would love the challenge of making a fourth one work. So there you have it, folks. Christian Bale not completely done with the cape and cowl. Now... This next bit of movie news is is not really movie news. It's kind of comic news to a degree, and it's in the what the fuck category, and it involves a group called One Million Moms. Now, One Million Moms is, you know, a small group, and um, I've seen some stuff about them before, but this particular case involves them petitioning to get DC and Marvel to cancel plans for homosexual superheroes, prompted by the announcement that Marvel's North Star will get married to his boyfriend in the next issue of X-Men. I actually received the press release for that from Marvel, which I'm going to publish on the site. Um, DC, of course, Batwoman is a, a lesbian in, in the Batwoman comics. Uh, North Star, I remember when North Star, when North Star came out as a homosexual years ago when I was younger and really into comics. And it, it's not a big fucking deal. It's really not. But they're actually sending out an email to parents, which was published, and I want to share this with you guys. You guys are going to love this. As a parent and a member of OneMillionMoms.com, I am extremely disappointed that you would use a children's superhero character to help endorse same-sex marriage and glorify the homosexual lifestyle. It is disgusting that your company would participate in introducing sexual orientation to children when they're not equipped to understand what sexual preferences involve. Unfortunately, children are now being exposed to same-sex marriage and the gay lifestyle choice in your comic books. Gay adults do not need superheroes as role models. Your company is damaging impressionable young minds by placing these gay characters on pedestals in a positive light. As a Christian, I know that homosexuality is a sin, 
The Bible states this clearly in Romans 1, 26 and 27. A comic book is the last place a parent would expect to be confronted with questions from their children on topics that are too complicated for them to understand. Issues of this nature are being introduced too early and too soon, which is extremely unnecessary. Please do the right thing and reverse your decision to have sexual orientation displayed to young readers. My decision to support your company and parent company depends on it. I look forward to hearing from you regarding my concern. Of course, these guys previously boycotted JCPenney after they hired Ellen DeGeneres as a spokesperson, and also they boycotted the Archie comic, which featured a gay wedding. Now, let me let me let me start from the top, and I, I'm going to reference some personal stuff, and you'll understand why. My mom, before she died, you know, was a career foster parent. Career. My mom raised countless children. Countless. During the time that she raised so many children, she met, she met many other foster parents. So did I. And, you know, a lot of foster parents, I'll be, I'll be 100% honest, are pieces of shit. They go, they take these kids in because they want to get a paycheck. Because the way it works is you, you, you take care of foster children, the state pays you. And they don't pay you chum change either. You know, they pay you a couple of grand. So people look for an easy way out. They, they take care of foster kids to get multiple checks. They, they put these kids in, you know, $2 sneakers and $3 shirts. And um, that's pretty much the name of the game. So during, the, that, during that time, you know, my mom was raising a couple of kids. And she met uh, a group of guys, uh, two gentlemen, um, a guy named Lewis and his partner. I believe his name was Steven. They were raising three boys, and these two guys, obviously they were gay, um, both, of them, both of them had HIV, and um, these guys bought their kids the best clothes, sent them to the best schools, took them on trips, etc., etc., etc. At one point, the city decided, oh, we're going to take the kids away from you because we are afraid that the kids are going to grow up gay because your pa- their parents are gay. Obviously, um, the guys took the state to court and they won. They kept the kids. And the saddest part was was the fact that these guys gave sacrificed their life, their health, their well-being. And it didn't matter whether they were they, they were or they weren't what it was. But the both of them ended up dying and you know they left the kids well taken care of. Now the reason I reference this story isn't because of, you know, anything else other than the fact that it doesn't matter whether you're gay or you're straight. The fact remains that if you do something right for somebody, sexual orientation has nothing to do with it. Marvel Comics, DC Comics, create characters that can relate to everybody. You have Hispanic superheroes, African American superheroes, Asian superheroes. They eat Marvel even went as far as to create a deaf superhero for a little boy because he didn't want to wear his hearing aid. And they released a comic book. You guys can look this up. It was probably one of the most touching things I've ever read. People need to really get the proverbial dick out of their ass. Seriously. I know I've known plenty of foster parents that are two moms or two dads that have raised children better than their own mothers and fathers. Better than any heterosexual couple out there. 
they, they, they're just as giving, they do just as much, and it doesn't matter that, you know, kids need to be able to relate to that. We're in an age where kids are, are finding their identities when they're younger, and they need to be able to have things they can relate to. And these close-minded old biddies got nothing better to do than to complain about every fucking thing. Comic books are age-specific. Based on the subject matter, they have ratings, and you as a parent should be aware of what the fuck your kids are reading, what they're watching, what they're listening to, and what games they're playing. Marvel Comics, DC Comics, networks, and game publishers are not responsible for raising your kids. I, th- I say this every fucking, every couple of episodes, because stories like this upset me because people are lazy pieces of shit. Why should Marvel and DC rearrange the way they, they do things because these old cum dumpsters can't get their heads out of their asses and raise their kids correctly? What, you don't want to explain to your kid about, you know, um, other alternative lifestyles? Give me a fucking break. And then, of course, they cite the Bible. Here's the funny thing. The Bible was written by man. It wasn't like the Bible was written by God magically. The Bible was written by other dudes. The Bible, put it like this. I'm going to start my own religion tomorrow, and I'm going to call it the Church of Rage. I'm going to write the Gospel of Rage. I'm going to give it to Slick. He's going to write a chapter in the Gospel, and then that's going to be the word of the Church of Rage. And you know what? It's, it's, it's our Gospel that's written by man. It's written by people. You know, I'm I'm not going to get into whole a whole religious thing, but let's think about it. The Bible was written by people. You know, it's it's for all intents and purposes a storybook. Now, don't I don't don't email me and don't oh, you know, blah blah blah. You know, everybody looks at religion differently. And I'm not going to get into my views, but it the Bible is a, you know, it it's historical to some degree, but it's a storybook in another. And the fact that you're citing that instead of just citing the fact that you're biased pieces of shit is sad. Some sad shit. Ugh, fucking one million moms. One million cum dumpsters. Do you, you know what they are? I bet you those are the same women that bitch about all this and their husbands jerk off to lesbian porno. Bet you they do. And I bet you they're mad about it. I like... I, yep. And, and Jesus is supposed to love everybody. See what I'm saying? It's like, I, I was raised Catholic. And, you know, I, I was taught to go to church and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, after my mom died, I became a bitter piece of shit. Had a moment of clarity, whatever. But the fact remains that, it, that if there's a higher power of any sort, the higher power isn't looking at you for eating a hamburger on Good Friday. He is not looking at you for not going to church every Sunday. He's not looking at you for going to confession every week and confessing your sins to an asshole who probably goes in the back and touches kids. When you die, whatever higher power is up there or in hell or whatever other place is going to look at you for what you've done in as a whole. What good deeds you've done, how good of a person you've been, that's what they're going to look at. You're not going to get cast down because you ate a hamburger on a good Friday 10 years ago. Seriously. Figured figured I would just toss that out there. I see that um Ian K, wherever he is, is listening to the show at 5.30 in the morning. Uh, thanks for tuning in, Ian. I hope to see you around more often. We appreciate the support. Anyway, as I said, 
You know, you don't, you go to, you, you're not judged by what you do. You're judged by, you know, what kind of a person you are. If you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit. But if you're not, you know, that's how you're going to be judged. Seriously. Fucking who cares? Who cares if your kid goes, mom, you know, why does that kid have two dads? Explain it to him. Don't be such a fucking piece of shit. It's fucking appalling. Anyway, I can beat this up all day, but let me, let me get into some other stuff. We got some other Marvel news, of course. Iron Man 3 news. Comicbook.com is reporting that, um, you know, the Mandarin is going to be the villain, and we're going to see the Iron Patriot, which I posted on uh, the fan page, thanks to the guys at What Would Tyler Durden Do? and uh, Film Drunk. You got to actually see the Iron Patriot armor, so we're going to see that. We're going to see the Mandarin. We're going to see another villain, which I believe, what the hell is his name? Aldrich Killian, we're going to see that. And uh, Cold Blood, no, not Cold Blood, um, Firepower as well. So there's a multitude of bad guys, plus the, like I said, the Iron Patriot armor. Shit is going to be crazy. Um, Definitely looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to seeing dialogue between Ben Kingsley and Tony Stark, you know, between Ben Kingsley and Robert Downey Jr. Ben Kingsley's playing the Mandarin and I actually think that him and Robert Downey Jr. are going to have amazing fucking chemistry. It's going to be sick. Iron Man 3 in theaters, May 3rd, 2013. Last two bi- last couple of bits of movie news to wrap things up. Of course, G.I. Joe Retaliation um, moved to 2013. couple of things. Deadline is reporting that the test screenings uh, scored badly because of Channing Tatum's demise early on in the movie. So check this out. G.I. Joe, the movie, killed off Duke, which is a main character. How the fuck do you think people are going to take that you killed off Duke to center the entire movie around Roadblock? Duke is an essential fucking character in the G.I. Joe universe, period. And I knew they killed him off. Supposedly, a Paramount Insider told Deadline, Channing Tatum had a breakout spring starring in The Vow and 21 Jump Street. In our first screening of the film, reaction from audiences was good, but with two big concerns. They didn't like the fact that Channing and The Rock really didn't have any time to develop a friendship before Channing died. And two, why wasn't it going to be in 3D? So we went back and shot another week with Channing to develop more of this story with The Rock, which made the film play much better. But we didn't have the time to do the 3D. Whatever test audience watched that movie are fucking stupid. 3D is such a bullshit-ass cash grab. I can understand if you went back and you did reshoots because you wanted to keep a relationship between Duke and Roadblock, even if you killed the fucker off, whatever. But really? We're not only going to do the scenes, but we're going to add the 3D as well? It's fucking bullshit. If you guys follow me on Instagram, rich underscore MTR... You'll see I posted pictures of G.I. Joe merchandise on the shelves currently. So let me guess. We're just going to keep that shit in the closet till next year. Because, you know, I'm sure that Target, Walmart, Toys R Us, they got plenty of warehouse space to keep this shit on ice till next year. Fucking stupid asses. Shock till you drop reports that we are getting a sequel to Rise of Planet of, Rise of the Planet of the Apes called Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and that's going to be in theaters March 23rd, 2014. Rupert Wyatt, director of the original film, will be returning to direct. 
Now, if you've been by My Take Radio's Facebook fan page, you'll know that they will be re-releasing Independence Day in 3D, July 3rd, 2013. Welcome to Earth is back. In addition to that, um, they're also going to be releasing uh, Robop, Robopocalypse, April 25th, 2014. That's going to be from Disney. Um, that's actually going to be from Fox, excuse me. Um, that's going to be two years after the Avengers was released internationally. So Robopocalypse is coming out. And Independence Day in 3D plus Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. It's it's crazy. I'm going to have to start writing all these film dates down. I actually liked Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I was surprised it was so good. I think Andy Serkis did a fantastic job, and that was one of the reasons why I enjoyed it. Can they recapture the magic? We shall find out. And in some small screen news, Lionsgate is considering adapting some of their feature films into television series. As of right now, they're looking at Red and Step Up as television series, as movies that can come to the small screen. But a new one that's being tossed around is The Expendables. Could we see Stallone and the boys on the small screen? You never know. But I say that if we are going to see The Expendables on the small screen, we put that shit on cable and we have violence and sex and shit getting blown up and blood and guts. Otherwise, it's going to be garbage. Simple as that. All right, ladies and gents, that's going to wrap up My Take Radio episode 141. We ran through it fairly quick, um, a little over 90 minutes. Anyway, MTR episode 141 for Thursday, May 31st, 2012. A quick reminder, My Take Radio will not be live next week. We will return live June 14th at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. If you have any questions, concerns, or would like to be a guest or advertise with My Take Radio, you can email me at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. You can follow us on Twitter at My Take Radio. You can also follow our writers, Slick, Andrea, DK, and Ben, Quark, Blade, all those guys. Just make sure to go to their author profiles and get their Twitter links, and you can follow them on Twitter. Or just keep a lookout to the MTR Twitter page for our Follow Friday so you can follow our staff. If you're on MySpace, we're still lurking around there, myspace.com forward slash mytakeradio. Become a fan on Facebook, add us to your circle on Google+, follow our boards on Pinterest. If you got any questions that you don't want to do via email, you can use formspring.me forward slash mytakeradio. And of course, as I mentioned, you can follow me on Instagram, rich underscore MTR. I throw a couple of pictures up for the show and random things I come across throughout the day. Just a little bit of social interaction outside of the show's environment. You're welcome to follow me. Like I said, you're going to see cat pictures and toys and bullshit and maybe some radio equipment. But it's another way to engage with the listeners. Like I said, Instagram, Rich underscore MTR, Google Plus, add us to your circle. And if you want the MTR apps, which will give you access to all the exclusive interviews, plus 96K stereo versions of the show, you can look for the app on the Amazon Marketplace for Android and, of course, on iTunes for iOS. It's $1.99, cheaper than a Happy Meal, cheaper than Starbucks. It's it's the best bet to get all the exclusive content. We're throwing mobile wallpapers on there. We're going to be adding a lot of cool stuff in the near future, so be on the lookout for that. As always, if you want to support MTR, we don't have a donate button because it's fucking pointless, but you can shop. Or do all your Amazon shopping through the MTR affiliate store. It helps us out. 
Of course, we have all the ads on the page. If you shop through any of those merchants that are on our page, click those. It helps us out. Like I said, we make money. We make the show better. And in turn, we entertain you better. Simple as that. If you're cheap, you can always listen to MTR via the Block Talk radio feed, which is the shittiest quality of all of them. You can also listen to us on Stitcher, stitcher.com forward slash my take. Enter the my take promo code and you're eligible to win 100 bucks. Not only that, but you'll be able to listen to the shows on demand and get access to a couple of other things that we throw Stitcher's way. We are on the Zoom Marketplace, Blueberry, Miro, and iTunes. And like I said, please make sure to toss a review our way if you're getting the shows from iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Taking us out this week is another track from the group Pulling Punches. They have a show June 1st. Uh, The links for that will be in the show notes. And also they will be doing another show at the Trocadero Balcony in Philly. Uh, That's going to have Mean Streets, The Divided, and Andrew Winter. That one is a 21 and over event. Doors open at 8 and it's $8. And the other event, the one that's going to be happening June 1st, Um, That's going to be in near Ocean City in New Jersey, and that one's open to the public. You can look for them on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pulling Punches. Also look for them on Twitter at Pulling Punches. The track that is taking us out this week is Another Dance. I'll see you guys later. Thank you all for tuning in, and I appreciate all the support. Peace. (laughs) 